0: I am live again. Welcome back to Rebel With A Cause podcast. I'm your host, Eric. And uh, we're going to go around the around the world and do some news again this evening. So no guests. No guests. Um, so before we uh, do all that, uh, I got to say today was my uh, my daughter's sixth birthday. And I uh, had a lot of fun and she got a couple of uh, new toys. To play with, and she made a scene at the restaurant, which was uh, kind of fun because uh, you know, six years old, and you now have just been uh, got everybody around you singing a happy birthday and everything. So of course, you then have to take a lap around, and scream at the top of your lungs, "It's my birthday!" So it was kind of fun. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, so I I saw this one. And we had touched on this last week. And uh, I'll go ahead and bring it up for everybody else to see. California residents asked not to charge electric vehicles days after announcing gas car ban. And then, of course, this is uh, Fox 39 Eyewitness News. <laughs> With California's power grid under strain due to extreme heat and high demand, the utility grid operator is asking residents to avoid charging their electric vehicles. This comes days after the state announced a plan to ban the sale of gas powered cars by 2035. California Independent System Operator is asking residents for voluntary energy conservation over the Labor Day weekend. According to the National Weather Service, the Western United States is facing a prolonged and record heat wave. Top three conservation actions are set to thermostats to 78 degrees or higher avoid using large appliances and charging electric vehicles and turn off unnecessary lights." The American Public Power Association said, asking residents to limit energy usage during 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. Today, most people charge their electric cars when they come home in the evening, when electricity demand is typically at its peak, according to Cornell University's College of Engineering. If left unmanaged, the power demanded from many electric vehicles charging simultaneously in the evening will amplify existing peak loads, potentially outstripping the grid's current capacity to meet demand. The regulations passed by California Airport uh, Resources Board last week say that 2035, the state will require automakers to sell only cars that run on electricity or hydrogen through some can be uh, plug in hybrids that use gas and batteries. People will still be able to buy used cars that run on gas, and car companies will still sell some plug-in hybrids. Regulation will help California meet clean air standards by cutting emissions, resulting in 25% reduction in smog-forming emissions from passenger vehicles by 2037. Well. Well. So, automatically, we've gone from this little thing of, oh, yeah, we're not going to have gas-powered cars or diesel-powered cars in the state of California at a certain time. And then this, this happens. Right on the heels of uh, Thomas Massey uh, roasting Pete Buttigieg uh, over the coals uh, for exactly this problem. And this is just one state, just one state. It's a very large state, but this is just one state. And this is going to happen all over the country if they start moving towards this uh, Green New Deal uh, bullshit. You'll see this happen in your in your local town. And they'll say, hey, by the way, 4 o'clock p.m., uh, you guys got to stop using electricity. Uh, and I can almost tell you right now with uh, smart meters in place uh, and new technologies that are going to be coming on board, they'll just turn your fucking power off. And that's going to happen. It's just going to be, oh, it's that time of day. Let's make sure we uh, close the refrigerator. <laughs> you know, we're not going to be digging into the refrigerator after a certain amount of time because it's not going to come back on until tomorrow afternoon, you know. That type of shit. But it's uh it's really comical cuz the these people they have like all of these plans and they have all of these designs for what's going to happen next and uh who this is going to affect and of course it's going to affect you and I the worst. You know, cuz we, you know, don't have the electric cars. Because they're, you know, what, sixty grand, at the at the least. You know, it's a luxury vehicle. It's a luxury vehicle. But uh, here we are being demanded that we all buy luxury vehicles going forward. So just really, really silly, really, really silly. I, I it's California. I mean, what are we doing? You know, I, ca- I can't sit here and just like not pretend like it's like. Mm. Look what those crazy sons of bitches are doing now, because that's what they are doing. They're just going to go for it. So speaking of energy, uh, a lot of energy is being wasted, of course, uh, going after people. And we saw this with the uh, the 87,000 new agents. Uh, MicroStrategy Chair Michael Saylor, accused of evading $25 million in taxes by D.C. Attorney General. Uh, I don't particularly like Michael Saylor, but don't make me love him. <laughs> he figured out how to evade $25 million in uh, theft. But here we go. And of course, they always give you the key points here. Uh, the DC Attorney General, Carl Racine, accused tech milio- billionaire, sorry, with a B, Michael Saylor of evading $25 million in district taxes in a lawsuit filed Wednesday. The suit also names MicroStrategy, the data tracking company Saylor co-founded, as a defendant, claiming the company conspired to help Saylor evade taxes. Saylor allegedly claimed to reside in Florida, which does not have a personal income tax while actually living in several different homes around D.C., according to the lawsuit. Yeah, so that's the face you make when you when you evade twenty five million dollars in taxes successfully, (laughs) I guess. Uh, District of Columbia attorney Carl Racine, attorney general Carl Racine. Sorry, I, I didn't know he had rank. Uh, accused MicroStrategy co-founder of executive chairman Michael Saylor of evading 25 million in district tra- uh, taxes in a lawsuit filed Wednesday. The lawsuit also named MicroStrategy as a defendant. Racine alleges that the company conspired to help Saylor evade the taxes. AG's office said it was seeking to recover a total sum of over 100 million in unpaid taxes and penalties. So it's the 25 million and then 75 million in penalties, apparently. Wow. Wow. And they called the mob a bunch of criminals. Look at that. Uh, Shares of MicroStrategy were down more than 6% Wednesday afternoon on the news that Saylor, who oversaw the company's push into Bitcoin, stepped down as CEO earlier this month. Under his leadership, MicroStrategy spent close to $4 billion acquiring Bitcoin at an average price of $30,000, $30,700, as you were. And he has said, considers the, the company stock of sort of Bitcoin ETF. Except that it's not. Uh, Sailor allegedly claimed to reside in Virginia or Florida, which have lower or no personal income tax rates while actually living in several different homes around D.C., including a penthouse apartment in the Georgetown neighborhood or on his yetched. I, I know how to pronounce it. I'm, I'm being cheeky on the Georgetown uh, waterfront or Potomac River when the apartment was undergoing renovations, according to the lawsuit. The suit includes several screenshots of posts that appear to be from Saylor's Facebook page, dating back several years and referencing the view from his Georgetown balcony and discussing his home. I like how this is all in quotes here, like like it's not actually his home. You know, <laughs> while tagging Washington D.C. So let's let's stop right there and just highlight that section. The suit include several screenshots of posts that appear from to be to be from sailors Facebook page so everyone out there worried about Big brother uh, just know that uh, Zuckerberg would, would gladly hand over all of this information to see that you get put in jail he would just gladly hand it over no problems does not care gladly hand it over for you it's the greatest thing. So, but continuing on, uh, MicroStrategy allegedly had detailed information confirming that Saylor was, in fact, a D.C. resident, according to press release, but it chose to withhold that information. Hmm. In 2014, the AG's office claims in the lawsuit, MicroStrategy then chief financial officer confronted Saylor about his alleged tax evasion. Being a potential liability for your company, Sailor and MicroStrategy ended up reaching an agreement where Sailor's salary would be reduced to a nominal $1. The lawsuit claims in order to reduce the risk, authorities would discover the alleged scheme. Oh, I love this. Still, the AG alleges Sailor continued to benefit from fringe benefits with a high cash value. Ooh. Such as the use of the company plane. Oh, well, sweet, I guess. The suit is the first to be brought under recently passed law called the False Claims Act, according to Racine's office. District law incentivizes whistleblowers to report tax fraud and allows to impose penalties up to three times the amount of the evaded taxes. So I guess that's where the 75 million in uh, penalties has come from, according to the AG's office. The district suit follows a separate complaint filed by whistleblowers against Saylor in April 2021 accusing him of failing to pay income taxes from 2014 through 2020. The complaint was filed under seal but made public on Wednesday. AG's office said it was independently investigated the whistleblower case and found MicroStrategy had filed inaccurate W-2s with his Florida-based address and had failed to withhold taxes allegedly owed by the district. The new lawsuit alleges Saylor failed to pay income tax that he owed to the district starting in 2005. MicroStrategy did not immediately respond to CNBC's request for comment. I bet. I bet. So yeah, there you go. Michael Saylor, and I don't particularly like the guy. Uh, I've said it before. He, he's does kind of come off as like a, as a scummy kind of guy, but, uh, in this case, why are you making me fall in love with the man? He was able to, uh, to to skirt around some of your stupid rules. Now, I will say this, this story, this story is only about softening the blow of the 87,000 armed IRS agents that are gonna come after you and your dog. You know, there was, a post going around that was actually showing some of the job responsibilities for the IRS, uh, uh, criminal investigation division, CID, uh, that was going to say that, yeah, you're, you might have to, might have to take a life and in, in, in accordance with your duties. So they want you to think that they're going after people like Michael Saylor. But, uh, as it turns out, the majority of audits happen to people who make less than $50,000 a year. They also tend to not be white in a lot of cases. So, and it only really happens in the South for some reason. It's uh, kind of one of those things, you know. I have firmly believed for a long time that the IRS is nothing more than a bully organization. It just sent out to uh, take care of political rivals. And we keep getting stories of... uh, You know, IRS uh, people in the past saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We go after right wing organizations all the time, you know, that type of thing. So Michael Saylor, number one, rich white guy. Uh, Number two, it has ownership or doing stuff with Bitcoin, which is also a big uh, Fed no no. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly where that case goes. Uh, Hopefully it ends pretty well. Hopefully he's got enough uh, high powered attorneys, high speed, low drag attorneys that are gonna take the case and uh, beat it, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it for that one. Uh, so let's move on. We've got some more crazy, crazy stories to share. So this one from the Washington Post. Uh, wait, uh, where is it at? Oh, yes. Opinion. This is an opinion piece. So one potential side effect of AI, human extinction. It's not like... We've had movies to that effect. Everyone remembers Terminator. Uh, Okay, we have a philosopher writing this. An historian global catastrophic risk. Okay, people are bad at predicting the future. Where are our flying cars? Why are there no robot butlers? And why can't I take a vacation on Mars? Someone's been reading a lot of Philip K. Dick. That's what that sounds like. Uh, Let's see, but we haven't just been wrong about these things. We thought we would come to pass, humanity has also had a long history of incorrectly assuring ourselves that certain now inescapable realities wouldn't. The day before Leo Slillard, that's a very very, uh, tough last name to uh, pronounce there, dude, uh, devised the nuclear chain reaction in 1933, the great physicist Ernest Rutherford proclaimed that anyone who propounded atomic power was talking moonshine even computer industry pioneer Ken Olson in 1977 supposedly said he didn't foresee individuals having any use for a computer in their home. Boy, was he wrong about that. That's almost as bad as Paul Krugman saying that uh, the internet was going to be like a fa- fax machine, you know, just a passing fad. <laughs> uh, and yet here we are, me talking to you right now. Uh, obviously, we live in a nuclear world and, you probably have a computer or two within arm's reach right now. In fact, it's those computers and the exponential advances in computing generally that are now the subject of some society's most high stakes forecasting. The conventional expectation is that ever growing computing power will be a boon for humanity. But what if we're wrong again? Could artificial superintelligence instead cause us great harm or extinction? As history teachers never say never, uh, it seems only a matter of time before computers become smarter than people. This is one prediction we can be fairly confident about because we're seeing it already. Many systems have attained superhuman abilities on particular tasks, such as playing Scrabble, chess, and poker, where people now routinely lose to bot across the board. i got to say, this uh, article um, is a, uh, a little bit tricky on the, uh, on the writing style, but I'll have to adjust. I'll have to adjust. Uh, Let's see. Really? I love it. When I go to scroll and then it just like goes somewhere else. Yeah, there we go. But advances in the computer science will lead to systems with increasingly general levels of intelligence. Algorithms capable of solving complex problems in multiple domains. Imagine a single algorithm... That could be the chess grandmaster, but also write a novel, compose a catchy melody, and drive a car through city traffic. According to a 2014 survey of experts, oh, here we go, the experts again. There's a 50% chance human-level machine intelligence is reached by 2050 and a 90% chance by 2075. Another study from the Global Catastrophic Risk Institute, the GCRI, hmm. Found that at least 72 projects around the world, with the express aim of creating an artificial and general intelligence, the world's stepping stone to artificial superintelligence, which would not just perform as well as humans in every domain of interest, but far exceed our best abilities. The success of any one of these projects would be the most significant event in human history. Suddenly, our species would be joined on the planet by something more intelligent than us. The benefits are also easily imagined, An ASI might help cure a disease such as cancer and Alzheimer's or clean up the environment. But arguments for why an ASI might destroy us are strong, too. Surely no research organization would design malicious Terminator-style ASI hellbent on destroying humanity, right? Yeah, because there's not think tanks out there that don't do this. i um, going to take a little pause right there. Uh, There was a science channel uh, series or show at one point, and they're talking about this very subject, about artificial intelligence and and the use of robots and everything else. And the guy was uh, talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, we can get these robots to do things and uh, they'll be great and everything. But the whole time he's modeling this off, it was a T-800 head modeled after the Terminator. I don't know if that guy was just having some cheeky fun, but uh, if you can find that clip out there, definitely share it because it was, uh, yeah, it's quite creepy. And also in that same episode, they had this other doctor talking about, oh, yes, yes, we'll have all of these uh, these uh, pigs with human organs inside of them, and uh, we'll be able to do you know, mass uh, organ transplants. And the only thing I was thinking in the back of my head, I was like, oh, oh yes, pig and sheep parts for us uh, plebs while everyone else gets like the real human parts, right? Yeah, sometimes I can't turn off my uh, conspiracy brain. So, uh, yeah. Because ASI's cognitive architectures may be fundamentally different than ours, they are perhaps the most unpredictable thing in our future. Consider those AIs already beating humans at games. In 2018, one of the algorithm playing the Atari game Qbert won by exploiting a loophole no human player is believed to ever uncovered. Another program became an expert at a digital hide-and-seek thanks to strategy researchers never saw coming. If we can't anticipate what algorithms playing children's games will do, how can we be confident about the actions of a machine with problem-solving skills far above humanities? What if we program an ASI to establish world peace and it hacks government systems to launch every nuclear weapon on the planet? Oh, good, we're going to do war games in real life. Reasoning that if no human exists, there can be no more war. Yes, we could program it explicitly not to do that, but what about the plan B? Yeah, so the article goes on. It's a uh, kind of a, a good look into uh, where some people's uh, ideas might happen. Um, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out for AI. It's like something that's been uh, laughed about at some at some point. We've had uh, billionaire industrialists, uh, Elon Musk, talking about how dangerous AI is. Um, and I kind of share that, that view. I think uh, it's like one of those things that uh, you could create something that could get out of control very quickly. So definitely worrisome, definitely worrisome, especially if it's written by the likes of the World Economic Forum. Well, you will eat the bugs and you will live in a pod and you will do the TV show in the bag. Right. So, yeah. So let's get on with uh, some other stuff, Uh, some things right here at home. Uh, I found this story of uh, and I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. So this one will be uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Biden's being sued by one Mr. Ron DeSantis of the Free State of Florida, suing Biden Ammon over Canadian drug importation program application delay. Uh, DeSantis said the Food and Drug Administration has yet to approve an application to let Florida import cheaper medications from Canada. Uh. Uh, Ron DeSantis on Wednesday sued the Biden administration over alleged delays to attempts by his state to import cheaper prescription drugs from Canada, saying he hopes Floridians aren't being punished over political differences. What's brilliant about this is it immediately has to put the White House and the federal government on the defensive. So kudos for Ron DeSantis for actually like taking the fight to him a little bit. Uh, speaking from Lakeland near Tampa, the Republican governor spoke about the U S food and drug administration's review of an application to get medications, to treat a number of ailments as part of the Canadian drug importation program. I'd hate to think that Biden admin would not approve it just because it's Florida, because they have issues with Florida, Florida politically. Because this will benefit the people regardless of political persuasion, he said. And he has to be up on this because Florida is where all the retirees go. So Florida became the first state to apply for the program in November 2020. Politico reported in July 2021, President signed an executive order ordering the FDA to implement the program. Uh, Simone uh, Marstiller, Marstier, I don't know. Uh, secretary for the Florida Agency for the Health Administration told the FDA in March that Florida had already waited 500 days for its application to be approved. Hmm. The plot thickens. This has been sitting on someone's desk for 600 days, Marstier uh, said Wednesday. This is not what government is supposed to do. I, no, that's actually precisely what they do. They let uh, paperwork <laughs> build and build and build, and they'll get to it eventually. Right. The importation of low-cost drugs could save Floridians around $150 million annually, state of health officials have said. After 630 days, you know we'll still sit here waiting for an answer. And so it's our view that we've waited long enough, Desantis said Wednesday. We have a right to know what the FDA has been doing the last two years. Are they putting politics over patients? Are they putting the interest of big pharma over the interest of the average Floridians? The answer to both those questions is yes, Ron. Have you not been paying attention? Uh let's see. Florida's lawsuit asked federal judge to order FDA to approve the application, DeSantis said Wednesday. Fox News has reached out to the FDA for comment. <laughs> yeah. It's politics as usual. Um I think when uh Biden took office there there was alleged this phone call about Biden wanting to get the uh, the vaccines in arms of people in Florida. And DeSantis basically had like a verbal altercation with him over the phone, uh, where he just basically just called him Joe. And then Joe said, no, that's President Biden. And he hung up the phone and said, "Okay, bye, Joe. (laughs) It was alleged to have happened. I have not ever seen a transcript of that phone call, but that would be fucking awesome. But uh, here, we'll end it on this. And uh, when I read this story, I had to read it. It was one of those I had to read a couple times just to make sure I didn't actually miss anything. And it's one of the most craziest things I've ever seen. New York, what the fuck are you guys doing? Show ID to buy whipped cream. New York law confusion at checkout. Oh, the New York Times got me. The New York Times got me. Uh, Yeah, we'll just, uh, I'm not going to go through the pay, paywall thing. Uh, but yeah, they have this ID now that you have to be ID'd at the counter if you're going to buy what. Some of us have uh, colloquially called it kinky in a can. And apparently whipped cream in a can is so bad for you that we have to have an ID to show, um, which is the, uh, the title of this, Iropapirabita, uh, which is uh, your papers, please. Because <laughs> this is where this is going. Uh, I was making the joke on uh, Twitter earlier that, uh, yeah, uh, Stalin didn't give a fuck if you ate whipped cream course there was no whipped cream to be had so i guess we would be more concerned about where it came from uh pol pot definitely didn't care about whipped cream uh hitler didn't care about whipped cream uh the bloodthirsty tyrant known as abraham lincoln didn't fucking care about whipped cream so this should be a good barometer for where we are at in this time uh the neo-puritanical people out there uh have basically run amok and uh you're gonna have a good time with that kicking in a can and you you're just not allowed to do that so you need to be id'd when you go to buy your whipped cream and this is almost as bad as the 32 ounce soda thing where people are just buying two 16 ounce uh sodas at a time and then walking out of the out of the store with it a bogota <laughs> uh let's see justin campbell you want my new york times login info no no i actually know a way to get around it i just forgot to do that uh before uh on here there's a way of turning it off on your web browser so save your money out there and learn how to code i'm just gonna say that uh anyways guys that's going to do it for this week i'm going to keep these uh short and sweet and to the point gonna go over some several news stories and everything and get back to you uh, but anyways guys, take it easy and I'll come at you next week with a brand new episode of Rubble Weather Cause Out.